Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Here you go. Here you go. Jibe. Prepare to jibe. Jibe ho. That's the nothing personal word of the day. Jibe is a selling term. The term is used to change a sailboat's course when sailing with the wind so that the stern of the boat, that's the front of the boat, passes through the eye of the wind and then that boom, which is the mast, which is where the the sail is, it swings to the opposite side and if you're not paying attention, it bonks you in the head, you fall into the water, you've got your personal flotation device on, you get scooped up with a fish hook and there's been a jibe. Jibe ho, that's the nothing personal word of the day. Why? This is not a sailing show. This is sports, politics, business, entertainment, but we saw some jibing yesterday. Every commissioner of every sport went on TV last night, some pre-recorded, some live, most pre-recorded, and God was it a storm. So I wanted to put jibe in the show because I wanted to talk about these commissioners, what's going on in sports, because there is so much confusion that here at Nothing Personal, it's time to clarify. We're going to start with Major League Baseball because there is a storm brewing and it's been circulating and the winds have been churning. Sometimes there's an eye of the storm where you think it's calm and you can see the blue sky and everything is good. And then all of a sudden you get hurt with, hit with the dirty side. Rob Manford is the commissioner of baseball. He was elected in 2014 in Baltimore. And there is a great misunderstanding about the role of commissioners in all sports, how they get elected, who pays them, and what their actual job description is. Rob Manford's job is not to be the cheerleader for Major League Baseball. Rob Manford's job is not to be the person in front in front of the media, in front of the fans, who's buttoned up and tells you everything's going to be okay. Rob Manford works for 30 Major League Baseball owners. 23 of them have to vote him into office. We told that story on Nothing Personal, I think, where 23 originally voted for him, then they made it 30. 30 owners decide how long he is commissioner. There's an entire committee that does Rob Manford's compensation, that does Rob Manford's contract, his evaluation. Rob Manford then builds the commissioner's office. He hires his deputies like Dan Hallam. He hires people in labor. He hires people like Tony Petiti, another deputy commissioner, Pat Courtney, runs PR and various other Departments, labor, marketing, sales, the National 
deals that we talked about with Coca-Cola on a recent show. He's in charge of that. The new network deal with Turner, the billion dollar deal that everyone thought was all this money that we explained to you actually isn't. That's done by Rob. All of it with the knowledge of not just the owners, but then within the owners, there's a committee of owners called the executive council. The executive council is a rotating committee which meets with Rob on a consistent basis by phone and in person at owners meetings when there used to be owners meetings, now by Zoom. And everything Rob does is done with the knowledge of these owners. Ironically, when Jerry Reinsdorf was fighting me and others to stop Rob from being commissioner six years ago, The reason, and I'm not sure Jerry Reinsdorf has ever gone public with this, but it is true. The reason Jerry Reinsdorf was against Rob Manford is that he thought that Rob was far too pro-union. That he wasn't hard enough, hard line enough against the players. That he was a deal maker and that Jerry believed that changes needed to be made in the system to benefit owners. My view of Rob is that deal-making is a critical part of the job. Someone who has the ability to ooze professionalism, you're not looking at someone who has the best presence on camera. That's not relevant. You are looking for someone not full of emotion. I've heard people criticize Rob in the last few days. He doesn't love baseball. Fire Rob Manford. He hates baseball. Rob Manford's job is not to love baseball. His job is to increase the value of each of the 30 teams, to increase the revenue of the industry as a whole, to hold down expenses, all expenses, whether it's office expenses of the commissioner or whether it is player expenses in the form of salary, pension expenses in the form of benefits, improving the P&L, profit and losses, of all teams. That's his job. When Rob Manford stands up and says that there's 100% certainty that there's going to be a season, people who are not in the know, which means if you're not listening to nothing personal, you just don't know the facts. But those of you who are here, by the way, thank you, Coca. As of now, we have our own YouTube channel and you can find it. It's youtube.com backslash nothing personal with David Sampson. Thank you, Coca, for that. And thank you to all of you who are watching on YouTube. Please subscribe. Just hit the subscribe button. Thank you for watching the videos. If you're on Apple or any other podcast platform, thank you for listening and subscribing and spreading the word. I appreciate you. But you're aware as people and nothing personal, fans of the show, listeners of the show, you understand that Rob's role is not to stand in front of a camera and have the best ability to articulate perfect thoughts that everything's fine. His job is to explain to the union what the owners want, what the owners will do. His job is to count votes in the owners 
to make sure that when there is a proposal that is going to the players, that there are 23 owners who will vote yes on that proposal. When Rob Manford said that there was 100% certainty that there would be a season, I cringed. We cringed together on nothing personal because we've learned during this pandemic there is no such thing as 100%. Do not use superlatives. Every day in the last four days in a row, Florida has had the largest increase in positive cases. Increases are happening in Texas, California, other states. You know this, Arizona. There is no guarantee that any sport will be back. And when Rob said it's 100%, we knew that that wasn't the case, yet people glommed onto it as though it were gospel. Rob Manford said it's 100%. Then he gave an interview to ESPN, and he was asked, can you say with certainty, 100% certainty, that there will be a season? And he said no. And my God, it's as though the world came to an end. Breaking news alert. I had to go on CBS Sports HQ that second. I'm trying to watch a movie. I'm in my undies. We, hadn't, we had finished recording the show. I'm having a bowl of cereal with strawberries and raisins and milk. And all of a sudden, bing, 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 bloop, bloop, bing. Th- phone's going crazy. Twitter's going crazy. When that happens, I assume either I said something, someone said something, and there it was. Jeff Passan had scooped his own network by announcing that Rob Manford had backpedaled and that the season was now in jeopardy. Newsflash, the season has always been in jeopardy. Then little nuggets trickled out. Let me explain what they were and why they trickled out and what they mean. Nugget number one. Manford believes that he cannot impose a schedule without guarantees from the players that they will not file a grievance. And he found out that the players were planning on filing a grievance. What that means in English. Ask your boss. If you're a business owner, ask yourself. When you open the doors every day, let's say that you have a store And you sell ladders. That's all you sell. People come in and they buy ladders from step stools up to construction size ladders that can go three stories up in the air. 9 a.m. comes, you open the door, people walk in and they say to you, I like that ladder. How much is that? And you say, Give me one second. You call the company that you bought the ladder from, the ladder manufacturer, and you say to them, by the way, how much is it to buy the ladder from you so I can resell it to this person who just walked through the store? The people on the other side who are making the ladder say, nah, we're not quite sure. It may be $99.99, $100, or it may be $1,000. We'll be right back to you. You say to the person on the phone, how can I possibly sell the ladder to this customer when I don't know if I have to pay you $100 or $1,000? I can't do that. You then walk to the front of the store and you tell the person who walked in, 
here's a bottle of water. Please come back. We're now closed. Let's say you want to go on a cruise and Mickey Arison is the head of your cruise line. Mickey Arison is selling rooms on a cruise ship right out of Miami starting August 1st in theory. It's a carnival cruise ship. You go on their website and it advertises a room. Seven day cruise for only $100 a night or $1,000 a night. We're not sure. We'll let you know after the cruise. You go to the dock, you check in, and you say to the person, I'm sorry, how much is this cruise? And they tell you, I don't know. It's either going to be $100 a night or $1,000 a night, but I promise you, we will know once you're home and we'll charge your credit card. The cruise customer looks at the check-in person, turns around, and gets back in the Uber. Would you go on a cruise if you didn't know the price? Would you buy a ladder to do home fixings if you didn't know the price? What owner of a company would open the doors to that company when you don't know the cost of what you are selling? You can't have an MLB season when you don't know what the salary is. I'm the president of a team and I say to my owner, listen, Jeffrey, I've got good news and bad news. The good news is our payroll this year may be $70 million. The bad news is our payroll may be $170 million. I'll be back to you in about a year. So take the extra $100 million that we may have to pay players and just put it on the side, put it under your mattress. Get ready to sell a piece of art, a piece of property, a car, a house a child, he would look at me and say, I'm not playing this season. I don't understand what you're saying. We can't play baseball when we don't know what the payroll will be. That's what a grievance is. That's what Rob Manford was saying yesterday. Unless we have certainty with what the players will be paid, there cannot be a season. There has to be a negotiated agreement. We cannot have a grievance. Yet players, Trevor Bauer, our own Will Middlebrooks, who I love. Will, I know you may listen to this. And my message to you is, you know I love you and your family. So much so that wanted to trade for you. And now I didn't even know you then. You're saying that the owners are stalling because they want to impose a 50-game season. Our own Jim Bowden at CBS said the same thing. I get why they're saying it, because it looks like Rob Manford backpedaled. He prepared to jibe because he did not want to impose a 65-game schedule. He wanted to impose a 50-game schedule, so they've got to find something to do to waste 15 days. Horse hockey. This is all about the grievance. If the players file a grievance immediately upon a schedule being imposed, that will take not days, not weeks, but months and even years to settle. There are not 23 owners who will vote to impose a schedule right now. Rob cannot impose a schedule. Rob is doing what the owners have asked him to do. 
Rob's not being fired. Since when do you get fired for doing your job? What next? Conversation. The union and the league have got to get back to the table. People missed the entire point yesterday of Rob's interview. Focused on the fact he had jibed, walked back the 100%. That wasn't the story yesterday. The story was they'd had no negotiations other than back and forth letters in over a week. Today is day nine. Today is Tuesday, June 16th, 2020. They had not had in Zoom meeting or negotiation since last Sunday, June 7th. That's the story from yesterday. They've got to get back on the phone, FaceTime, Zoom, meet, do whatever you have to do on whatever platform. Figure out a way because once the economic deal is cut, then they've got to worry about health protocols. And the players on one side are saying we're very worried about health. The owners are saying we've got all these protocols. If you follow them, we have a chance to play with the health issues. But they're stringent. They're strict. And the players are saying, ah, they don't care about our health. They only care about their own money. It's time for both sides to get together and talk and get to a solution. There will be fighting later after this recent collective bar- this current collective bargaining agreement expires at the end of 2021. I assure you, there will be fighting. Then we'll be on nothing personal about true collective bargaining, what it means to bargain to an impasse. None of that is the case now. There's no bargaining to an impasse. All you can do is make the best of an absolute crappy historic situation. And they're not doing it right now. Then Adam Silver got on TV. And he said all the right things and became very popular. People in social media and all around the country. Now that's a commissioner. Adam Silver, he's the man. He said the magic words. He talked about the NBA community and the importance of collaboration with players. They brought on Damian Lillard. They brought them on together. It was a love fest. I had a tear in my eye for the relationship between the commissioner, the owners, and the players. I was thinking about Mark Cuban showering in the clubhouse, practicing with his team, shooting free throws. Kumbaya. And then I smiled because they have not yet begun to work through the issues that they will have in their own bargaining when it will happen. Adam Silver had the perfect answer when asked, what about players who don't want to play like Kyrie Irving, potentially, Dwight Howard and the rest? We covered on Nothing Personal yesterday. Adam Silver had the perfect answer saying, hey, we will never make Players do what they don't want to do. If they're not comfortable coming to Orlando, by the way, excuse me, it's going to Orlando. There's a grammar. Don't correct me on this one. You go somewhere and you come back. Excuse me. If players aren't comfortable going to Orlando, no problem. But in Orlando, what a platform you will have because you'll have nothing to do. You can't go out. You can't socialize. There's no one around in the bubble. 
So what an opportunity to use that time and use your platform to help the country heal and change and continue the process that we are seeing right now. Perfect talking point by Adam Silver. Damian Lillard, who has been very active, he's been, he's been obviously very vocal, involved in protests, been vocal about the Trailblazers, his team, and his view of the bubble. When asked, are you comfortable playing, he had a moment of complete honesty when he said, this is our job. This is how we provide for our families. I don't know that I'm 100% comfortable, but I do know that I've got a job to do. I'm willing to take the risk. There is risk. Anybody who goes back to work right now, when offices open, when you go to a restaurant, when you go to the beach, when you go into a store, you are assuming a level of risk in terms of coronavirus. Everybody makes his or her own decision about the level of risk they're willing to take. And there may be some players who opt not to take the risk of coming to the bubble. Baseball, as you know, on a side note, folks, it's not a bubble. It's even more risk because the season's longer. They have to play a full season. So if players opt out, we cannot criticize them. God, I hope we get to a nothing personal episode where we can talk about players who are opting in or opting out of a season. The show continued last night. On comes the NFL commissioner, Roger Goodell. Such a great 180, talking about Colin Kaepernick. Just wanted to quickly mention to you that Roger Goodell said, I think it'd be great if Colin Kaepernick would sign with the team. In theory, that should have been his position always. But Roger Goodell knows very well why he had to jibe, back to the word of the day, on this issue. Because there's a call right now for Kaepernick to be signed. I want to manage everyone's expectations and tell you that I don't think it's likely that he'll be signed. And it has nothing to do with whether he should be signed because of his position with kneeling. No. Colin Kaepernick is not going to be signed because of his position as a quarterback who's been on the league. Right or wrong. And the odds are it's wrong. As a matter of fact, I can definitively tell you that he wasn't signed because no owner was willing to take the chance. It wasn't worth it from an inside the clubhouse and outside the clubhouse standpoint. But for Roger Goodell to go public and say, yes, I think that would be great. I think that that, for me, was almost putting down Kaepernick. I would prefer the conversation around Kaepernick and whether or not his career ever continues. Revolve around his ability to help a team win inside and outside the clubhouse. That is the best honor you can do and the best jibe that you can do if you're Goodell. Your talking point can be, to the extent there was ever a reason outside of his skill as a quarterback his popularity as a teammate, his ability to help a team win more games, to the extent any of those were not factors in him being signed, my hope 
is that those factors now become the only factors. He didn't quite get there. I wish he had. It's a complicated situation we have. And the reason that everything is so complicated, in my opinion, is that we are an industry which gets a lot of attention. The sports industry, the entertainment industry does too. Do you know the entertainers when uh, they, uh, actors and actresses do things that are political and they get criticized because they're using their platform to be political? During the Oscars, when actors say something or take a stand, people go crazy and say, just act. That's the same thing as shut up and dribble, by the way. It's shut up and act or shut up and take your award. But those days are over. The days of players or actors or anyone shutting up and staying in their tiny corner of their existence and of this world, those days are over. The show we did, I don't know how many weeks ago, where we talked about everyone has a platform and everyone needs to use that platform, whether you have an audience of one, meaning you talk to yourself, or an audience of a million because you have a million followers, or an audience of 50 million because you have 50 million followers. Those days are upon us. It was just Monday of last week where I asked each of you to use your platform. I begged you, don't ever think you don't have a platform because even your dinner table is a platform. Your workplace. Players are starting to realize that they will never again shut up and dribble. We saw a college player, a student athlete, a young man. His name is Chuba Hubbard. Anyone heard of Chuba Hubbard? He's a good player. He took a stand on an issue, and I'm bringing it up now because I found it to be the entire situation unfortunate. There's a university in Oklahoma called Oklahoma State University. They have a head football coach. His name is Mike Gundy. Do you think that parents, by the way, are strict when they tell their kids to be careful on social media, to be aware of your surroundings, to recognize that people are listening and watching and taking photos? Do you think that team presidents are being too Orwellian, as in George Orwell, as in Big Brother, as in I'm trying to hold you down or I'm trying to control you. Do you think that I am wrong when I make social media rules for employees? I don't. Social media is incredibly important. It's not going away. It is a way to share information and to get information out in a way that never existed. Think back to the beginning where there was the Pony Express to get a letter that would take a week that you had a handwrite with ink and a feather pen. The feather pen has become your finger. The letter has become your screen. And the pony has become your send button. The delay has carbon-lifed to almost zero 
People try deleting tweets and deleting posts. You can't. You grab a screenshot. Guess what? It's there forever. Mike Gundy, the head coach of Oklahoma State, took a picture, a normal picture, something that we tell our kids and tell our students and tell our family and tell our employees, be careful, be smart. Mike Gundy took a picture. He was wearing a shirt that had O-A-N on it. This is a complicated issue. OAN stands for One America News. OAN is an incredibly right-wing organization. They make Fox look like CNN. They have views that are repugnant, disgusting, in my opinion, wrong. But that's not... What bothered me? What bothered me is that when Kyle Boone, by the way, who's a CBS Sports employee, part of our whole group, he sees the picture and he posts it. And the reason that he posted it is that he was wondering, with everything going on in the world, Mike Gundy, as a head coach of a Division I college football program, Oklahoma State University, wears a shirt that obviously means he supports OAN, One America News Network. Now, just because I think it's repugnant and they are individuals who are so It's sad for me, actually, what their view of the world is. But I believe in freedom of expression and freedom of speech, so much so that I have no problem with Mike Gundy wearing that shirt. If Mike Gundy wants to promote OAN, that's his right. You know, it's funny. He said something. He had a quote from a, basically, it must have been some sort of interview he did in April. And I want to tell you what it said, just to give you part of the story. Mike Gundy said, I tell you what's funny. I was flipping through the stations and I found one. I don't even know if anybody knows about this. It's called OAN. It's One America News. It was so refreshing. They just report the the news. There's no commentary. There's no opinions on this. There's no left. There's no right. They just reported the news. And I've been watching them the last week because they're giving us the news and giving us more information. In my opinion, some of the positives are coming out. So that was refreshing. Wow. Do you think that the athletic director of Oklahoma State University, the president of Oklahoma State University, anybody, any booster, any donor would have read the interview, would have explained to him what OAN actually stands for, then said to Mike Gundy, make your decision. We can't tell you not to believe in what OAN represents, and we're not going to. 
That's the best part of America. It's why people have fought and died for you to wear that shirt and say what you say and think what you think. But there are consequences. The consequences are loss of freedom. The consequences are that when you work with student athletes who are black, when you work for a university who in theory believes that there should be no racism, no sexism, no hatred, but actual religious and racial tolerance, you cannot have a representative of your university promoting the very opposite. So Mike Gundy gets his picture taken in a shirt, and all of a sudden, Chuba Hubbard takes a stand. He tweets out that we've got a real problem at OSU, and until change happens, I will not participate any further. Why would I, and now I'm giving you what he meant, Chuba Hubbard, why would I help Oklahoma State make money by putting my career on the line every week, the risk of injury, the risk of COVID-19, who knows what the long-term impact is for a university that would hire a coach that has beliefs that are so counter to everything that I am and I believe in, especially given where we are, where change may be happening. Mike Gundy went into panic mode. Oklahoma State University went into panic mode. And what resulted from panic mode was the most embarrassing 51-second video I've ever seen. The PR people at OSU, Oklahoma State University, said, we have an idea. Let's fix this. Let's have Mike Gundy get in a video with Chuba Hubbard. We'll have him stand six feet apart. They're going to each say something, and then they're going to Row hug. Is that what it's called when you, I do this all the time. I used to, when you shake a hand, you bring them in and you hug. I'm a hugger. It's one of the biggest things with social distancing. I think hugging is better than shaking hands. I'm going to go back to hugging if I ever see a live person again. The 51 second video started with Mike Gundy saying how aware he is of the mistake that he made and how he is ready to effectuate change. He is ready to be a part of the solution and no longer part of the problem. Rah, rah, I want to keep my job because I'm about to get fired and OSU is going to stop getting donations and I'm in real trouble here and I got a family to feed. Chuba Hubbard then gets on the video and apologizes. He apologized. Gundy's the one who should have apologized. It's an outrage that Chuba had to apologize. He apologized saying, I shouldn't have tweeted. I should have gone right to Mike. No, Chuba, you needed to tweet. And you didn't need to apologize. Mike Gundy didn't apologize one time in that 51-second video. He's the one who needed to apologize to you and to your university and to your teammates. I couldn't have been more disappointed in that video. That is part of the problem that we're trying to fix. Chuba Hubbard having to apologize. What a bunch of horse crap.
So Chuba did what is happening so commonly now. He put out another statement after the video. Part of what he said is I was never wrong for saying what I said. I agree with you there. He then ended it by saying, I'm a young black man that wants change. I want change that will bring a better experience for my black brothers and sisters at Oklahoma State. It's that simple. Over these next few months, I've left at Oklahoma State because he's going to become an NFL player. I will be working every day to bring change to this organization and to the world. And I will be supported by my teammates along with people within this organization. To everyone else, trust me when I say that good will come from this. Chava, you're doing a great job because you know what the best scenario would be? It has nothing to do with Mike Gundy keeping his job or not keeping his job, but it has everything to do with educating Mike Gundy that his point of view is simply wrong. That his support of an organization who's filled with vitriol and hatred and lack of tolerance is wrong. Because at this time in history, there is only one side to be on. You better be on the right side of history or your career is the last thing that you'll have to worry about. Coming up next, am I cracking up? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome back. A little movie news today. So disappointed. The Oscars have been postponed. I love the Academy Awards. I agree. I don't dress up. I don't have parties. I'm focused. I'm in a pool. I watch every nominated movie. Certainly all the best pictures, best actors, actress, supporting actress. Sometimes the Oscars fall on my birthday, which is February 26th. This year they were happy on February 28th, but they've now been moved to April 25th. Oh, well, I guess now I'm busy April 25th. It's only the fourth time that Oscars have ever been postponed. I watched a movie the other day, and I need to talk about it with you. It's called Cracked Up, the Daryl Hammond story. You can find it on either Netflix or Amazon. I can't remember where I watched it. Daryl Hammond is one of the longest standing Saturday Night Live cast members. Daryl Hammond did Bill Clinton. Daryl Hammond did Donald Trump before Alec Baldwin, actually. Daryl Hammond opened Saturday Night Live with those famous words, live from New York. It's Saturday night. Most times in history. I only knew Daryl Hammond as a funny man. I didn't know anything about Daryl Hammond. There's a documentary called Cracked Up, the Daryl Hammond story, because it turns out that Daryl Hammond's bipolar. It turns out that Daryl Hammond has many 
many mental illnesses that he's been dealing with. This movie goes back to his childhood. It starts in a place that I know called Melbourne, Florida, where he grew up. It goes through the abuse that he suffered at the hands of his mother, who abused him terribly, physically. Daryl Hammond, while on Saturday Night Live, was cutting himself. And you can see it on certain skits, the damage he had done. Daryl Hammond was taken out of Studio 8H in Rockefeller Center in a straitjacket to a mental institution one day because he had a breakdown, a psychotic breakdown. One day I reviewed the Robin Williams movie, the documentary about his life and then his suicide. And I've been thinking a lot since I watched Cracked Up, the Daryl Hammond story that We're all selfish. We want these entertainers to entertain us and make us laugh. And what they do on their off time is not our concern. We want our athletes to dunk and play and hit home runs. And what happens in their personal life? Eh, Not our problem. I'm as guilty of that as anyone. One of the things I tried running the team for as long as I did was to try to understand some personal issues that were going on, but was I as sympathetic as I could have been? No, I definitely was not. My view too often was just do your job. When you get to the ballpark, leave it all behind you. You can pick it up again after last out. During Saturday Night Live, while he's drinking in between skits, doing drugs, I can't help but think, whether we're all a part of making that happen. When we want more, more humor, more comedy, more drama, more wins, fewer losses, better ratings, higher commercial rates. Daryl Hammond, I have great respect for the fact that you did this documentary. And on behalf of all the Saturday Night Live fans, of which I'm a huge fan, and all, everybody who you have entertained through all of your years, there's nothing I can do except say I'm sorry and say that if I had known then what I knew now, I would not have permitted myself to be entertained by you and I would have wanted to help you get help. I'm thankful that your life has turned around and I'm hopeful that you are blessed with some sort of peace as your life continues. It's called Cracked Up, the Daryl Hammond story. It is simply worth watching. ML Beard Challenge Day 93. We're getting there. Coco was so upset after Rob Manfred's comments. Texts me and says, I guess we're growing the beards till next April. We're not shaving until MLB has opening day. For 100 days, we're giving $1,000 away to different institutions, different organizations. Today is the Marsha P. Johnson Institute. The Marsha P. Johnson Institute protects and defends the human rights of black transgender people. We do this by organizing, organizing, advocating, creating an intentional community to heal, developing transformative leadership, and promoting our collective power. Please donate 
Why did I choose this organization for today? Because if you watch anything other than the sports page and the sports news, you may have seen that yesterday history was made in our Supreme Court where there was a 6-3 ruling which outlawed LGBTQ discrimination in the workplace. Did you know that there were states and there were companies where someone could be fired simply because they were gay or transgender, not because they were crappy at their job, simply because of their sexual orientation. It's as wrong as firing someone because of race, age, any of it. If you can do your job, do your job. If you can't, get yourself fired. It took till yesterday for the Supreme Court, a conservative Supreme Court, with an opinion written by Gorsuch, a Trump appointee, might I add, who ruled that, in fact, the LGBTQ community will be protected. People celebrated as they should, but what bothered me the most is that why are we living in a society where these celebrations have to take place? Is it not obvious that people should only be fired when they suck? at their job, and people should be hired and given raises when they produce at their job. It's a 119-page opinion. There's a dissent that is worth reading. Do you know you can go online and you can get Supreme Court opinions instead of reading statements from commissioners and unions Let's take the time a little bit every day to learn something we don't know. It feels so damn good. I learned so much reading through that opinion. Maybe, maybe we've gotten to the point where it is just business and it's nothing personal. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com